how is technology affecting how marketing companies and firms in general, brands, try to reach our eyeballs? And will voice technologies like Alexa or Google Home really disrupt the industry going forward? Well, in this episode of Society 2.0, we'll speak with Dan Golden, president and co-founder of Be Found Online, a content and marketing strategy firm based out of Chicago. Before we jump into the interview, I just wanted to mention that uh, we're introducing a new feature on the podcast. We're going to read out your questions on, on an episode. So if you submit your questions via Twitter at SocietyWire or from Instagram at SocietyWire or via email at bob at SocietyWire.net, we will read out your questions, try to answer them, obviously. And uh, we want to get you involved. We want to get the listeners involved with the podcast. So we're pretty excited about that. So please reach out to us. Tell us what you think. Ask us your questions. And we'll get them out there. Also, always interested in your feedback on who I might want to or who I could interview. uh, What topics you're interested in. Uh, There seems to be a big interest in medicine and health and how AI is going to influence that. But again, send us your input, your feedback, and We'll try to incorporate that into upcoming episodes. We always want to keep it interesting and fresh. We also plan on introducing a new segment. So before we kick off the interviews or just my discussion on AI, we'll talk a little bit about what's hot, maybe even controversial in the AI and technology space. Now, if there's something specific that you're interested in, please shoot it my way. Again, at SocietyWire on Twitter or Bob at SocietyWire.net. And I'll be glad to dig in on a couple of those topics and present them as part of the news segment. We want to get everybody involved. Again, this is an open conversation about AI and technology and how it's transforming the world and how it'll impact you and everyone you know in good ways and maybe even some bad, Um, hopefully more good. But the first step is to actually have the open dialogue, to have the conversation to talk about jobs, to talk about education, and how really we need to start thinking about tomorrow, today. So let's keep the open dialogue going. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend like it's not out there. Technology is changing very, very rapidly. And there will come a time where there'll be a big shift in how the world economies operate when that major AI breakthrough happens. And it will happen. It may not happen in my lifetime or in my children's lifetime, but it will happen. It's just an inevitability based on all the advances we've made in technology in the past 50 years. And that's not to paint a doom or gloom scenario. There are some exciting things that are going to happen in medicine. We'll be able to live longer and healthier, hopefully happier. Uh, So, you know, there are good things that are going to come out of the advances in AI. It's definitely not an all doom or gloom scenario. We will see amazing things happen in the next 20 to 30 years. And I, I for one, am hoping I'll be around to see it. But enough of me ranting about AI in the future. Let's dig into our conversation with Dan Golden and how technology is reshaping how marketing works and how brands reach our eyeballs. So let's get started. I want to welcome to the show Dan Golden, speaker, entrepreneur, and president and co-founder of Be Found Online. They're located in Chicago. Dan, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And Dan, you actually have uh, offices in uh, London and Singapore as well, right? 
We do. Offices in London and Singapore. Uh, We've got a satellite office down in Belize, and we've got humans kind of scattered across the country. A lot of of remote folks as well. So be found everywhere. So is is the Belize (laughs) office... The, for the, the the vacationers is that because that that's a great place to have an op like a little office it it is we've had a um, we've got a great team down there uh and we have folks from our our team that get to go down and train them and have some fun um a couple of blog posts on our site about that uh, and some volunteer trips in belize and of course the beach <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta love the beach does buddha's belly get to play there at all oh wow you you really you really did your research um Buddha's belly does. We may rise again. Uh, we're still all very close friends and uh, living in different places. It's uh, it becomes tough to get the old band back together. But uh, I would love to play these days. It's tough, yeah. But I did like Trance for Sir Fancy Pants. By the way, that was one of my favorites. Well, thank you. And at Buddha's belly, we're we're up on Spotify. So uh, to the listeners out there, it's it's fun to talk. Want to talk about something other than business every once in a while? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, because we're a podcast about AI and technology, what I wanted to get your take on how you're seeing technology and AI transform how you have to do business and what your customers' expectations are. And and, and one of your videos I was I was watching you you were up on stage speaking about how the internet moves at about ten years for every year everybody else moves. So I'm imagining with the advancement of AI and and technology in general that it's just really hard to keep up and also trying to get your clientele to 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 stay at the at that pace too. Yeah, certainly. I mean I, I think there are, you know, when when we use the buzzwords du jour um that are all that all kind of have AI and machine learning like wrapped into one, right? Programmatic ads or AI driven you know, this platform has machine learning. Uh, and certainly, you know, every once in a while we get, the, you know, the questions around how do we use each of those specific buzzwords? And, you know, the reality is they're built into most platforms and processes that marketers have, you know, continued to use, right? It's the same ad platform, but uh, the the methodology behind it is driven by AI or, you know, there's a machine learning engine that powers it. But, you know, from a market, Marketer, it's not always something completely different yet. Um, so, you know, I think uh, brands that are asking about, you know, how do I get into this AI stuff? You know, think more about outcomes and what you want technology to do or what you need the technology to do. Uh, and typically, it's some combination of all those buzzwords that you know that fulfills on that promise. Um, so, for you know, for us as an agency, um, you know, it was always sort of the line that like, oh, we're technology agnostic and in, in a way we are um we don't you know i wrote a whole article on on clutch last month about agencies with proprietary tools um that usually don't have the benefits that uh even though it sounds cool in a sales pitch um is just you know helping connect marketers with the right martech platforms you know i, w- I was at a uh an agency ceo summit a couple of, uh, last month and I think four or five of the presenters put up that big Lumascape slide that shows, you know, the seven seven thousand different Martech tools that are available. Um, and it, uh, the point is well taken. Um, there are so many options out there for marketers, and so many platforms and, and tools that are, um, you know, what I would say half baked or a quarter baked. Uh, 
or you know solve one small uh, sliver of what is needed for an end uh, for a brand. So I, I feel like I've been rambling for a while, but it is um, it's something as a marketer you just have to keep your eyes on and and understand what's possible. Um, and certainly, you know, as a as a CMO or the CIO, you need to be thinking about what's possible today. But of course planning for the next three to five years and, and really looking at what consumers are going to expect. Um, Cause that's, that's driving all this stuff, right? As AI gets better, consumers get lazier, right? As machine learning gets better, consumers expect smarter advertising and, you know, and, and certainly, you know, uh, marketers expect um, much, much better performance from this stuff. So that's keep your eye on the consumer and, uh, I think you'll figure out what combination of all these tools, platforms, buzzwords, and technologies are going to need to be needed to get you there. So it's kind of what you said in the past about uh, just follow the eyeballs. No, no matter what what platform you're on or how advanced technology is getting, it's always follow the eyeballs. Yep, follow the eyeballs, and in this case, follow the behavior. Right as it as it moves as the attention moves to you know to voice different types of screens, um, you know, think about what consumers are going to be expecting and that, you know, use, use that to drive, um, drive your focus, right? The, the, uh, Microsoft CEO, um, is, you know, his statement of, uh, the future use, you know, the future user interface is voice, right? Is a conversation is how you're going to be interfa- interfacing with your, te- you know, from your, toaster to your phone to your uh you know the smart car uh apps um you know that's conversation is the future of user interfaces so that you know you bring up something i was actually going to hit you up on that because you know i'm heavily involved in the voice space as well and wanted to know what your thoughts were on how voice is is going to play a bigger role and how how you adapt this is going to be kind of long-winded so bear with me how you adapt in the marketing space with voice. And what I and what I mean by that is, you know, if I go to a gas station right now and I want I just want to fill up. You know, I'll get asked two or three stupid questions as I'm trying to just get my get I just want to get gas. Like, do I want a car wash? No, I don't want a car wash. You know, do you want a reward? No, I don't want a rewards card. I just want to get gas. So, how would you how do you see marketing working in the voice space where I'm asking Alexa or, or Google or Siri to do something and suddenly it wants to ask me or inject an ad and it's like okay now you're okay really now because that's a space that it's not in right now I mean it, when I work with Amazon you know we're not allowed to put ads in our in our skills we're not allowed to inject them in there but we've come up with other ways to work with that but even then it's it's tricky yeah I think voice you know where how where an advertising experience uh, is—it's a—it's a big question, and nobody has the answer. Google tried this uh, a couple years ago. They, I think it was an error, but there was some Beauty and the Beast ad that played for 12 seconds uh, after doing another action, and someone recorded it, and Twitter went up in arms. You know, that's—it's the most intrusive. It just—you uh, could say maybe a, a TV commercial is, but. Um, you know, I, I don't think consumers are ready for, for, say, an advertising experience. So, I mean, one thing I would say is, is brands are um, trying to position themselves. Think about how and where you can provide utility 
or make it reduce friction or make it easier for people to do things with your brand through through voice. Um, you know, that's that's where I think, you know, reducing friction and following what uh, your customers care about. Um, if you're working within that framework, I, I think you'll win. You know, I, I think the um, anytime there's a new advertising platform or channel, uh, us marketers ruin it, right? Because we try and crowd it out and, or we, <laughs> um, you know, we, we overdo it with advertising and calls to action. Um, you know, it's like Pinterest early on. It was Pinterest wasn't, and Pinterest, there's still a lot of, lot that is great with Pinterest for the right types of brands, but early on Google indexed the whole thing. It was awesome user generated content. And then SEO guys like me, uh, um, started going nuts on Pinterest with links <laughs> and Google shut it all down. Uh, so I, you know, I think the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of experimentation. I think, um, you know, some brands will falter. I, I know the platforms have to be scared shitless about, you know, being the first one to have, uh, audio ads. I think, you know, I, I think everybody's still just so nervous about somebody listening in their living room, um, that it's, it's kind of a very fine line that marketers and uh, certainly the ecosystem platforms are going to have to, um, have to wade through because, you know, there, there's already been a handful of, you know, like Alexa being used in a, uh, for a criminal investigation and, uh, you know, it, it takes just, you know, or the baby, you know, ordering a thousand dollar, uh, table like there's, um, it's, it, uh, there's, there's a lot that can go wrong. No, I, and you make great points. And I, and I look at chatbots as the same potential problem where I just want to get information and then suddenly I'm getting five ads being injected at me while I'm trying to get a question answered, whether it's about your product or, or doing it. I mean, obviously there's times and places like if I'm trying to get support, probably not a great time to push ads. Um, but if I'm trying to learn about it, uh, and I think it, it goes down to context too, which is, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking for say eyebrow powder, you know, there's a way to cross sell me into something that might make sense based on the data that you already have about people that are most likely to buy something else, but also just injecting random things that I would have no interest in. Uh, it's, it's like now if I go anywhere on Google and I'll say, Oh, I want to look at a, uh, I'm for me, I'm a techie. So I'll like, I want to buy a raspberry Pi. Well, for the next three days, every platform I'm on, I just see raspberry pies everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I was just looking for something and it's a little bit, okay, there's no context guys. Like you're just throwing stuff out there and I, and I get it. It's like, well, if you throw it to me at enough, maybe it's like, all right, I'm going to buy it. I'm just going to buy it. But sometimes you're just looking around and there doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to know the difference, <laughs> you know, and it's a challenge. Yeah. I, I imagine for you guys, it's a real challenge to say, how do I balance that? Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, and you're, you know, the, the experience you're talking about is, you know, probably just poorly, a poorly run retargeting campaign, right? Where um, they might not be looking at frequency. You might be getting retargeted across three different networks. So there's no way for them to even know, right? You might be getting retargeted from Facebook and Google and um, every platform out there. And, and you're right, you know, context is king. And so where, where AI lives in, in that is, you know, understanding the, the audience layer, right? Or, or you could, you just could have been <laughs> some dude looking, looking for a recipe to make a raspberry pie and you just feed it <laughs> in. 
Um, That's hilarious. And so, you know, a smart ad, ad tech platform should know, uh, you know, the context. And um, so, you know, I, I think the promise of some of these tools is to get better at advertising, right? There's, there's all this, um, and it seems to be quiet right now, which means we're just waiting for the next wave of, um, you know, GDPR or all of the, you know, this sort of, uh, to me, consumers thinking they uh, do not have a, a right to be advertised to while they're consuming free content. Um, but they are, the, they, I, I've heard you talk about that, like when you're on a free platform, they are the product at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are, are um, engineers and servers and content producers and research, you know, it's um, advertising is how the world works. You know, I, I, I think, and I hope there are some, you know, the promise of more subscription based, uh, you know, publishers and people, you know, those, those models are growing, uh, but they certainly aren't at the scale they need to be for, you know, newspapers to still exist without advertising. One of the interviews that I saw you on, you we were you were talking about they were asking you and this was um tasty trade interview they were asking you about seo and is it dead and you said no and i i agree but traditional seo is dead obviously and uh, you mentioned in that interview that it's more about audience and intent now and, and trying to use that that's like i won't say the new sem seo but that's where that's where the real value is yeah i think you know bad SEO is dead or old school SEO tactics that you, you know, what, when, when we get, and I get pitched all sorts of crazy platforms or even when we're talking to prospective clients, when they have ideas of stuff they want us to do, um, you know, bad SEO is dead. <laughs> and if, you know, as, as you kind of look at different tactics and opportunities, if typically if you're doing it for the sake of SEO, you're doing it wrong. Um, is I, I think that's an overarching theme that I uh, can you know can be an easy lens to look through when trying to figure out what's a good idea and what's not. Um, you know, context a lot more important, right? And, and uh, that's always been important, but I think the you know the the algorithms weren't really smart enough to understand intent. You know, it, it, Google used to like it if you had. Um, you know, you wanted to optimize for funny T-shirts, cool T-shirts, and nifty T-shirts. That you would have to have three different pages for that. You know, one optimizing for each keyword. And Google's understanding that they're all kind of the same. You know, those three words kind of mean the same thing, and would showcase the same products. So the the good news is the convergence of what's good for SEO and what is not annoying for humans uh, is converging. Right. So um, that's to me, that's good news. Right. And I, I think as Google's using AI and um, looking at actual like uh, consumer input a whole lot more in terms of what's a good search result uh, that, you know, what what is good for SEO is going to more closely align with what humans actually want to read, because that's uh, that's what Google's been wanting to do the whole time. Yeah. And how how do you think as we move forward with the amount of content that's out there? And obviously, this has probably been the struggle. It becomes more of a struggle, I guess, every year. Is we're all kind of all overwhelmed by content. So, how do you help people differentiate themselves from others and say separate your content from someone else's? So I, so my eyeballs see it because there's just so much of it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, there is a battle for attention between you know individuals posting cat pictures 
pictures and baby pictures and uh, content marketers wanting their prospects to, you know, see and download an ebook. I mean, it's uh, that is the fundamental challenge every marketer has nowadays is just, you know, the, the battle for attention. You know, when, when I think about it from, you know, just from the lens of a content marketer, uh, it is that overlay of audience, right? And um, understanding, especially on social platforms, that um, brands have to pay to play. And, you know, there's plenty of, uh, um, I mean, I think that's a known, well-known or well-established at least that uh, if you want ample eyeballs, even from your own audience on Facebook, you got to pay for it. Uh, and that's that's where the audience targeting layer comes in. So, you know, in terms of being relevant, um, you know, brands, uh, brands enable uh, or these platforms enable brands to be, you know, to be a really big brand to a small group of people. So to me, it, it goes all around like targeting and segmentation. So, you know, BFO is an agency. Well, we do digital marketing stuff. Lots, you know, from paid search to SEO to content, social ads. Uh, but we also service multiple clients in different verticals. You know, we've got a strong B2B practice and a strong e-com practice. And the things that B2B marketers care about uh, are different, obviously, than uh, what an e-commerce site needs. So, you know, how do I stay relevant to, you know, to each of those those brands? I mean, I think customer segmentation is kind of the lens that helps you cut through the content clutter. Because if you're pushing an ebook and this stuff works on me, right? I, I, when there's a platform that advertises, it's got this awesome project management tool for agencies. I'm much more likely to click on that than an awesome project management tool. It works on me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little smarter than that because I'll look at their URL and check the homepage and realize I was just being targeted. So I, I can recognize and see through good advertising. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about context and just being relevant to a smaller audience. Now, do you see it either, whether it's now or more in the future, that the brick and mortar centers are going to require or at least want to implement more of like, <clears throat> excuse me, facial recognition or emotional context recognition to help indicate what what products or help determine what products people are interested in or what areas are more interesting in terms of i don't know layout within a store or product placement in a store are you seeing more of more of that or is that still the the early adopter cutting edge star trekky groups versus the the traditional meat and potatoes you know this is this is your best bang for your buck to do something else other than that yeah uh, great question. I, I think you live in that world probably more than me. I, I mean, I read about it and observe it, um, and there is certainly a lot of a uh, lot of innovative stuff in you know in in retail and e-com or I guess any sector. Um, you know, using uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm uh, I was talking with a um, someone who's building uh, like a, a very big uh, like children's play area. And there's already parental monitoring, but think about adding in facial recognition and, and have a kid's happiness monitoring. Um, <laughs> or, Creepy, or, but know, cool. Yeah. Getting, yeah. Or even like addressing a, uh, you know, a breakdown before it happens because it's, you can read body language and man, there's so much. Um, and, you know, there, there's certainly a, you know, the, the creepy line with some of this new emerging technology that. Uh, you know, just cause you can, um, where do you draw the line with some of that stuff? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming, right. That's going to be table stakes. And, 
as long as it, you know, um, through the lens, if you're using a lens of how do you provide a better customer experience, then I, I think it's okay and you're going to win. Yeah. Long term. Yeah, we were talking a little bit offline about brand and morals and consumers and morals. And so what what's your take on consumers' desire to be aligned more with brands that align with their core beliefs? Um, amen, brother. I mean, I'm, I'm fully agreed with that. I, you know, I, I've been, uh, I've been very involved with, uh, the conscious capitalism movement and many, you know, many brands that are, um, you know, well-respected and, um, and, you know, very, very aligned with who they are and their customers are aligned with who they are. Um, so I, I mean, I think that is certainly a growing, um, growing trend, if you will. And, and certainly the more educated consumers, you know, they, they care about, um, you know, brands that they work with. I was just sharing an email with the, the founder of, uh, B Corp. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a great, great conversation with Jay a, a few months back around, you know, how do we, um, how do, how do, how do we showcase that to consumers without it being greenwashing? Right. But, um, customers care about the way businesses operate and the, um, I, I think in the in the age of social media, it, it, it's also scary on that end, and that you know that one bad branch manager or a, you know an untrained line employee that says something's awful to someone uh, can have lasting damaging effects, right? And the on the flip side, so you know that is um, you know, and I think the as we talk about all these emerging technologies, you know, you you don't want to be the brand that creeps someone out. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's for sure. You want to you want to be on. That's why I was asking a little bit about the facial recognition or emotional context recognition in a brick and mortar center because it, it's it's obviously interesting data, right? But at the same time, it just it crosses the line of creepiness sometimes. Where you know it's like they're all. It feels like when you mentioned Alexa, it's like well, it's people are, are there are people who ask me all the time, is it always listening? And well, it's always listening for a keyword, but it's not always listening. You know, you're not, it's, if anybody had the capability to record everything, it would be Amazon with, with their cloud storage, but they're not, based on what I know, they're not interested in doing that. Um, but it does, that, that creepiness factor still bothers a lot of people. My, I find that, and you're probably seeing this too, that the younger generations are less creeped out about it. So for me, there's a mild creepiness with it. You know, when we first started out on the web, it was like, make sure it has HTTPS before you buy something. You know, that was the big thing, you know, but before that, you know, we'd buy stuff all the time and nobody even really cared. Now it's like kids are uploading all the private information. They don't care. It's just like, oh, they just, what do I, it, you know, it's, it's fine. It's like this benevolent web, you know, and my generation, which is the Gen X, we're, we're a little bit more, hmm, I don't know. You know, there is a big brother out there and I'm in the tech space. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know the the these kids today, so <laughs> um, but the, you know they grew up on the grid. You know, one of the one of the my last claim to fame as a zennial uh, is you know I I'm I'm part of the last generation that grew up without all this stuff. Me you too. Know, I, yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah. I know what you mean. You know, AOL Instant Messenger like started while I was in kind of middle schoolish, high school. Some people had it and it just like started going mainstream right when I got to college uh, and, and finally had like a 
you know, a connection that didn't make that the dial-up sound. <laughs> um, so, you know, I grew up alongside the technology, not with the technology. Um, so, you know, I, when I was a kid, I went outside and I built forts. Yeah, and, me too. you know, I knocked down people's <laughs> forts. That's what I did. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think people are used to it. I, I think uh, at, you know, at the mass scale, I, you know, I think the opt out rates from GDPR are a good indication of that, uh, that, you know, more people are OK with it. Um, and frankly, seeing relevant ads isn't evil, right? You, you, no, it's you not. I, I don't want to be bothered <laughs> by the Yeah. It's good for everybody, right? And advertisers don't want to spend money targeting consumers that don't resonate with their messages. So, you know, the answer, to, I think, to a lot of this stuff and concerns about privacy is good advertising. I mean, I, I do believe there need to be some rules and guardrails and that consumers need to deserve to have more, uh, you know, to know how and where their information is being shared. Um, I've seen some really interesting blockchain, uh, not to throw out another buzzword, but uh, that's a good buzzword too. like giving the consumer the power to own their whole audience graph and basically lend it to the websites and publishers and, and shopping sites that they're, uh, right. So you choose, uh, how and where to share your data to get a personalized experience, but they don't own it. You do. So I, I have no idea where it's going to land, but this is probably going to be one of the most, you know, ongoing issues whenever, you know, whenever, same, same like when they figured out how to clone humans, right? <laughs> yeah. Cool, we could do it. Uh, should we? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah, just because we can do it, should we? You know, you, you, we, we were talking about the age differences and, and, the, and what they do and don't like, but do you feel like that, and this has nothing to do with technology really, but I've always been curious about this. Is there, is there too much of a focus on the demographic splits of dividing everybody into their cohorts and just say, you know, people really at the heart of it kind of want the same things and, you know, don't focus so much on millennials because if you do, well, you're, you're going to alienate a large swath of your, your potential audience. Yeah. Um, you know, I will say other than the good technologies, I think are already doing that. I, I think other than when I get a marketing brief or we're getting introduced to a new client and they tell us, you know, the demographics or the, income brackets or the whatever whatever it is they use to kind of describe their clients or their their ideal customers when you look at it from a from an advertising standpoint we're looking more at behaviors than we are Age who you group, are yeah. or right we're we're targeting more based on what you've done the websites you've been to the keywords you've searched for uh you know on facebook it's less about you know certainly there are some some things where age range and, and gender are, are extremely important. Yeah. You wouldn't want to target my mom for a Nintendo switch. Not at all. <laughs> it, it, right. Uh, so a lot of it is based on, you know, based more on behavior and sort of a combination of all these triggers, which I think it's, you know, closer to intent, right? So it's not just about age and gender. Uh, it's about age and gender and, uh, search activity or age and gender and, uh, you know, psychographics or groups that you belong to or, you know, any other, you know, it's all about combining these audience layers to, to get closer to intent. Yeah, no. And I asked purely from a naive non-marketing person to try to figure out, well, you know, where, what is, what is the sweet spot or is there, should you be so focused? Cause I go to a lot when I'm in 
meetings with clients about technology and focus on web and and mobile, it's like, you know, well, the demographics, the demographics. And I'm like, it seems important, but I, I want to know what people are doing more than their particular age. If, if this certain, cause you might be surprised at certain age groups doing certain, certain things that you didn't know they were doing because you didn't study the behavior. You, you'd carved them up into age groups. You know what I mean? But as, as to your point, a good marketing agency isn't going to do that. Yep. Well, and thanks to, you know, AI and all these other buzzwords, the, the platforms that we all use are, are getting a lot smarter about understanding intent and, you know, trimming the fat. And, the, and I guess the one last buzzword that we really haven't talked about too much are chatbots. Are, are you seeing those play a bigger role in being like the, the first person engagement piece for a lot of companies now, especially when it comes to their websites? Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, we have, you know, we track it for a number of our lead gen clients and chatbots perform extremely well, or, or even just the chat box on the, on the website. And I think there's, you know, in terms of the buzzwords around chat, there's a lot of different ways to think about it, but just, you know, personally, um, I hate picking up the phone and talking to customer service reps. I don't like filling out email, you know, forms on a website that you're never sure if they go out. Uh, I don't like email, but like I go to a brand's Facebook page and I just message them. And most, uh, it's, that's as a consumer, that's the way I get the quickest response. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, Google, you can now have, uh, you know, click to chat directly within your paid search ads. Uh, I think, you know, the, the chat feature or talking directly with brands, messaging, you know, it, the buzzwords kind of change between the platforms, but that's you know, all these macro level trends that we talk about of consumers engaging with brands differently, like that's where, that's the conversation, right? That's, that's it. That's where it's all moving to. Um, so how is a brand do you, you address that? Well, that's, that's what keeps you in business, right? Uh, it's a, it's a very big question. And, you know, I think there's a lot of brands that are, you know, that will say, well, my customers are, it's, it's too complex. They need to talk to a person. And, at the end of the day, probably that's true in a lot of cases, but maybe not to understand the business hours or a certain submission policy or to check an account balance or to book an appointment or to, right? There's probably a lot of micro actions that can be accomplished without dealing with the human. And frankly, it's better for consumers because you can scale that across every messenger platform. Uh, and it's better for brands because humans are expensive and you don't want them spending their time answering stupid questions that are easy to answer. <laughs> no, no, that makes perfect sense. Well, we're getting close to our, our time limit. So can you tell the audience a little bit about uh, what Be Found does and, and all the, the cool things you're working on? Certainly. Well, not all the cool things we're working on, but you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, I can, I can NDA the whole audience if you'd like. I mean, we can, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> um, no, that was just for time's sake, because I could ramble about, uh, you know, what we're building for, for days. But, we're, we're, you know, at our core, we're a digital marketing agency helping uh, con connect humans and brands in the digital ecosystem. So uh, in practice, it uh, it's paid media, targeting an audience and, and driving tra traffic. Uh, and then we help on the other side with converting that traffic and um, from SEO, content marketing, landing pages, um, anything we can do to kind of connect those two and uh, help our clients make more money online. So that's the that's the short pitch. 
And, uh, you know, as it, as it comes to what's next, um, you know, we, we work with a lot of great folks like yourself, Bob, to, um, to kind of push the needle and design new things and, you know, help our brands figure out what they need to be doing in 2023 and put a, put a plan in place from, from here to there. Yeah. And you can find them on, uh, at befoundonline.com and they have a great team. So I highly encourage you to check them out. And Dan, I, I appreciate your time today. I know you're uh, busy heading all over the globe. So uh, again, thanks for carving out some time for us today. Thanks for having me. Fun conversation. And uh, anybody out there listening, feel free to hit me up. I always love talking to shop. Thanks again, Dan. I love talking to Dan. He's an interesting guy. His company does great work. And he always seems to have a keen insight on where the industry, the marketing industry is going and how technology is going to affect it. If anything, when I do these interviews, there doesn't seem to be a sector or an industry or an area that technology isn't influencing yet. And the interesting thing about AI is that initially, it was really only affecting specific areas. Now, when I use the term AI or artificial intelligence, it's kind of an overarching umbrella for multiple subcategories like machine learning, deep learning, etc. And so really with the advent of machine learning, that's where it started to spread its wings into every area. And as you can see from this conversation with Dan, it's playing a heavy role in the marketing space and will continue to grow. And where it will go is going to be interesting. You know, will voice take a key role? Now, as we mentioned in the interview, one of the big challenges with voice is injecting advertisements while interacting with a voice system. It's not something you can walk away from or, or click through like on a website when you get an annoying ad. With voice, you have to let the conversation continue until it's over. And I don't know how we're going to get around that. You know, are we going to be able to say, Alexa, stop ad? I don't think so. Is it going to be like a YouTube piece where after four seconds you can say, skip the ad? That would be an interesting model. But right now we don't know where that's going to play and, and, or how that's going to play. Or if there's some completely different model that we haven't tried yet that's going to do more subtle-based ad, contextual-based ads. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes and how adver advertisers and brands try to leverage voice and still make voice appealing to us without being overly annoying. I really hope you found this interview as interesting as I did. As always, we welcome your feedback, your comments, suggestions. You can reach us at SocietyWire on Twitter and Instagram, or you can reach me at Bob at SocietyWire.net. Um, submit your questions. Uh, we'll try to answer them on the, the next podcast. And any ideas you might have for interesting news and tidbits that you want to hear about, please send them my way. And as always, I look forward to seeing you again.